It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18. Plus. This is Anthony Alex from the Angry Mailman podcast, and you're listening to another fine show from the from page to screen media empire hey guys this is ace marrero from the movie madison county hi this is david lg hughes writer director of the film Hall bowl suites i love the pace and the fastness and i love the fact that you just roll with it hi i'm eric england the director of contracted hi i'm david amaru the writer director of the Asian. my name is nathan whitehead and i wrote the music for beyond skyline Hello, Stuart. Just a quick hello from Sarah Douglas. Hi, this is Ben Lloyd Holmes from the film The Expedition. This is Dominic Burns, the director of Allies. Hey, Stuart. Page the screen. Dot up in my boundaries. Snake, get up to my motorcycle, running and tracking up with my fucking snake, genius. With Dom, eating pizza and pussy. I'm Neil Johnson, I directed Rogue Warrior and The Time War, and I crucified Adolf Hitler. The From Page to Screen Moviecast. Good evening, Mr. D. How the heck are you? I'm good. How are you, sir? I'm exhausted. (laughs) (laughs) I'm absolutely exhausted. So how are you, anyway? Are you good? I'm actually very similar. Um, you know, um, it's one of Addie's dance nights tonight. So she does two hours of dance. We try and cram shopping into those two hours. And um, I was still kind of 60 seconds late actually picking her up. And then we rushed home um, quickly eight. Um, and, and now I'm here. Wow. The date has just flown by. Here you are. The month has flown by. It's the 6th of February. What is that all about? Yeah, exactly. January is gone. It is, isn't it? It's going to be Christmas before long. It's nuts. So I finished work on uh, 7 o'clock Tuesday morning, got okay. home, didn't sleep, went to see my aunt, finished, left her house about 12 o'clock, got back here to my house about 1 o'clock in the afternoon, went mm-hmm. to sleep till 5 o'clock, stayed up all night until about half past 5 a.m. because I was on a, the Open Forum radio podcast, which yep. was fun. I enjoyed that, so it was worth staying up for. So then Great. slept till 1 o'clock in the afternoon and then went to bed at normal time well, I say normal time, about <laughs> half past eight last night because I was shattered and then got up this morning, normal time. And I'm just, oh, I don't know. I just need, I don't even know if I need a holiday or not. I'm just exhausted. Not even I could fall asleep exhausted. I'm yeah. just like, my body needs to rest exhausted or it needs some exercise, which I think is the other thing. But do you sit in your desk a lot at work? Oh, most of the day. Yeah, same. I think sometimes we just need to go, right, I'm just going to, do something i'm going to move things off shelves or run around the house with a hoover or do something like that so next week i'm looking forward to helping neil johnson film a rock concert in not one not two but potentially three different cities so that'll be physically wow. something different for me to do so i'm looking forward to that well uh my my top tip for um trying to combat the fatigue of just sitting in, in front of a, a desk all day at work quickly um 
well, there's that as well. Cool. Um, what I've actually been trying to bring in, I've been doing it probably for the last past month now. Okay. Um, occasionally, part of my job involves standing up um, at a heat press. Okay. Um, All right. Yeah. Yeah. For yeah, I was thinking, is this some sort of weird desk implement? But no, that's no, obviously no. part of the job, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. So it's it's kind of my break. It's where I get on my feet because the the desk that this thing's on is um it's one of those kind of ones where you, you at standing height to use it. Yeah. So I have to get up to use that, and the heat press goes on for a minute at a time. And obviously, once once it the alarm goes off, then you have to release the heat press and kind of carry on. Yeah. So. You, in 60 seconds, you really haven't got time to walk back across the room, sit down, and actually do anything worthwhile on a computer. Mm-hmm. So what I found is, while I'm waiting, I will do... Um, have you ever seen, like, kind of wall press-ups? So instead of doing a press-up on the yes, floor, you do it on the wall. And, you know, I, I might end up in front of this thing probably, I don't know, in a week, mm, maybe 20, 30 minutes. Okay, yep. So I've just been doing wall press-ups whilst I'm waiting for this countdown to go down. Mm-hmm. And I've seen a difference. It's actually helped. So I think it's just about looking at what you're doing, what's around you. And if you can fit something like that in really quick and simple, do it. And it, it does make a difference. What part has it helped? So obviously it's not so much legs, is it? Because no, it's more your arms and your upper that it seems yeah, to Yeah, my, the, the, the muscles in my arms actually, you know... Have, have come on leaps and bounds sounds daft it really sounds daft it but if you've been doing that for like a month uh, just 30 minutes a week it makes a difference has anybody come in and seen you do it yet you're like yeah don't worry about it <laughs> it's just it's... no i i've managed <laughs> secret i've only shared it with um yourselves now so uh everybody who's listening you're lucky you're one of the uh, <laughs> the important ones in my inner circle you know that somebody's gonna walk in and see you do that good <laughs> but will they ask or will they just go do you know what I'm good he's still clothed it's fine it's nothing really freaky exactly just he's just like what's around. he doing kissing the wall yeah, no, walls yeah. need affection too yeah exactly so I care about this wall I spend a lot of time next to it yeah exactly so it's uh, yeah this week's been fun but next week will be very different so mm-hmm. I've been going through all the camera equipment and digging that out and making sure I've got all the I'm sleeping on a tour bus which will be fun It'll be definitely different. So I'm staying on the bus with the band and with with uh, Neil Johnson. If I'm being honest, I'm really looking forward to filming all the stuff and learning new tricks on how to use the camera, which I'll use on other projects and stuff. But I'm kind of looking forward to hanging out with Neil for a few days. So I know it sounds amazing. That will be. Cool. I wish so I was there. I'm uh, I'm taking a little uh, audio recorder and I may try and do some sneaky podcasts and <laughs> do that on the way and try and document me documenting their tour and. Just it, it's just something different to do, I think, isn't it? And I think that's what we all fly need. on the wall documentary, isn't it? Yeah, hopefully <laughs> we shall see. So little, how many uh, people get get to say they've done that? That's pretty amazing. Not many. If you've ever seen the movie Almost Famous, that's that's what I think it's going to be. And if you haven't seen that film, you should check it out. It's really good. Okay. Um, it's about a kid who ends up writing for Rolling Stone. And I mean, bearing in mind, he's probably only about 12 or something in the film. But uh, he goes on tour with this band and gets to know them all and stuff. So that's me. Yeah, Several decades Great. later, but that's pretty much... Get me an autograph. Pretty much what I'm doing. Yes. Something so. for the geek wall. Apparently, they're all a really nice bunch of people as well, so... Fantastic. Which is always a bonus. That's what we like. I don't want yeah. to spend time on a bus with a load of idiots. That would not be as fun. But it would also be an interesting film. But I'd just have to watch mm. it and smash my camera up. So, yeah. 
Uh, the Mimi trailer is finally out there. I know. Is, uh, and like a mud, I've got to rush. ask, because I haven't got to give you my feedback, actually. Things have been so hectic. Yep. Um, but I've seen the trailer. Okay. I enjoy the trailer. I think, you know, what you're doing is good. Keep it up. But it doesn't give anything away. That's, that's the and whole point. Yep. Exactly, and and I think one of the things is when you when a feature film has been like kind of recorded and yeah. and they put together a trailer, they they try and cram in some like kind of bits to let you know how it's uh, you know how it's going to unwind and everything. Yours hasn't got that. No, it just gives you a f- kind of a feel um, for. It, and almost leaves you thinking, you know, I want more. I want to know what, what this is about. <laughs> so do I. <laughs> so, yep. and, and I think part of the reason because of that is because it's a short film. Yeah. You can't put in kind of loads of cut scenes of this, that, and the other because oh, God, no. that would be the film. If I put, I mean, bearing in mind I've only shot the first two. Yeah. And the second one's kind of a spoiler to the first one. So obviously they, they lead on. So you can't really watch. I suppose at some point you'll be able to watch one, two and three out of order and stuff. But it's like, if I put a teaser about what the story's about from the first one, you don't need to watch the first one. Yeah. <laughs> and if I put stuff in about what the second one's about, you kind of, you don't need to watch the first one because you go, well, I kind of know where that's headed. And the third one's exactly. not even been shot. So the, the original, the idea for the teaser trailer uh, going out when it did was I wanted to do like a really short, I said, talking like two, three seconds, like a Twitter, like a GIF. GIF. Is it GIF or oh, yeah. GIF? How do you pronounce it? Um, now, I've always called it GIF, and uh, I think the majority of people I know call it GIF. Good. But apparently, the person who invented the, the file format actually calls it GIF. Oh, well, he's, so. wrong. he's wrong, so we'll call it a GIF. Uh, <laughs> I don't care if he invented it or not, it's, it's ours now. So I wanted to do like a two, three second GIF, not a GIF. Yep. And then I thought, right, I'll put which shot shall I put in? I'll put that one in. Oh, I wonder how this other shot look. So I did up with two shots. I thought, oh, I like that. I wonder what happens if I join them together. Oh, that looks quite... Oh, do you know what? I'm going to do a teaser trailer. And I must have done about five different versions of that thing. I did, and I, I kept sending them to uh, Neil Johnson and John Fouts. I'm like, what about this one? What about this one? What about this one? To get their filmic technical yeah. advice and stuff coming back. And uh, John came back with, oh, yeah, maybe put some speed ramps in it. I went, okay. Um, and I, and I, they said, then said to him, right, stupid question, uh, what's a speed ramp? <laughs> this, mm-hmm. is, this is where my knowledge is. So he came back, and if you've seen the film 300, mm-hmm. I suppose Gladiator does it as well, it's where it, it, it moves at regular speed, then yeah. slows down, and then goes fast again, and then goes back to normal speed. It's like a flary MTV-type visual. I thought, but well, that's not really going to work for the type of film that I'm trying to put together, so thanks for that, John. Uh, Neil came back and he said, you know what, I think, and this trailer was in colour at the time, he said, uh, I think you should go with the idea that you had of doing it in black and white. So I'm like, all right, mm-hmm. let, me, let me try a black and white version. So I did a black and white version, and I'm like, oof, I like that. So that's how it's remained black and white ever since. I sent it over to Lemis's mum, who she came back with, oh, maybe put a shot of this, that, and the other end. I'm like, no, because they're plot details. And yeah. she said, maybe put the shot in with the torch, I thought, you know, I shot the torch because that was never in the original one. That, that could work. I, I, I do quite like that shot. I love that because shot because out of the whole video, I think that is the shot where you go, actually, what what's going on here? What is this kid doing outside in pitch black with the torch? Yeah. With the torch, yeah, something's going on, and I want to know more. So that substituted. I can't even remember which shot it substituted, but there was one in there, and I'm like, right, I'm going to put the torch one in instead of that one, and I put it in. And I'm like, 
now it works. Uh, the, I've not had any negative feedback because everybody's been super kind. Somebody at work watched it because I sent because he's a film buff, so I'm like, here you go. And I knew that he'd end up asking me about it, so it'd be a good conversation piece. So I sent it to him, and then he came back and he said, I really like that. He said, but I was expecting like a like something to make me jump at the end and something sort of horror <laughs> film related. I'm like, it's not that type of film, dude. It's not. If that's what you're expecting. That's that's not what it is. The and, the um, only kind of criticism I can give the whole thing yep. if you if you, if you want it mm-hmm. is at the end where you've got kind of your um kind of on screen text, your credits. Yeah. That feels a bit quick for me because mm. there's the one where you talk about because I think it's the Mrs. Parents, isn't it, who who are in yes, there? Yes, yes. So you've got them and you've got um oh what's the, the young Carl, um, Carl, Carl name? I've got Ruby. Ruby yep. yeah in there. Um and I think you've got like kind of three um, credits on at the same time. And yes. as I start reading through them, as I get kind of to the e- end of the second line, yeah, yeah. it's, it's yep. faded out. See, I've not, so read, the, I've not read the third one. <laughs> so that's the only thing I'm saying. So, but if that's the only criticism... That's I not bad. Give, I'm all right then, with that. And exactly. That's not not bad. And then somebody else came back with, um, I like your trailer. I think it looks great. I love the music. Uh, but it doesn't really tell me anything what the film's about. And I'm like, that's the whole point. I always wanted it to be, uh, this is introducing Lamissa as Mimi. That was it. Mm-hmm. That was the only purpose. That and to show some of the music off that Carl's done for the film. So yeah. it was like everybody was sending me, I was sending the trailer out through uh, private DMs over a couple of hours or whatever. And people were coming back going, wow, I love that music. My, my job is done. If people are looking at Lamissa <laughs> going, she's great, and then they're listening to the music going, Carl's great, I am happy. I don't care if anybody... That's why I've made sure I didn't put my name on it. I don't want my name on it because it's a bit egotistical. I thought, look at me, I've made a film. So I purposely left mine out because uh, I wanted Lamissa's name on it. Maybe put it in for the second one then. I might put it in. I'm going to put it in the actual film because it'll mm-hmm. be in there. But Because uh, I don't know if there will be another trip. There probably will be, but who knows. And uh, I wanted to put Lemis's name in there. And then I thought, well, kind of Ruby's not been shown yet. So I really want to put Ruby's name in there. Yeah. Well, if I've got her name in there, I might as well put Lemis's parents in there. So sod it, put the whole cast in there. So there is a mixture of footage from the first one and the second one and a little bit of the original teaser trailer stuff that I shot for the teaser uh-huh. trailers that didn't happen. So it's like a mixture of three lots Interesting. of footage in there. But it, it kind of looks cool black and white. I'm definitely It does, and I'll tell you something. That. You've obviously been and seen um, seen my TV, same TV mm-hmm. as yours, I believe. Yep. That's how I watched it. Me too. I didn't. Yeah. I didn't. You know, I, I'd got it on my phone. You know, I got the link to it, and I thought I could watch it right now. Yeah. I thought I don't want to, and uh, I uh, I waited. I watched it on the TV, and I loved it. Yep. That was and I'm glad I waited. Quite, I'm glad you waited too. I was a little bit concerned. I'm like, <laughs> why is Rob not messaging me? <laughs> why? Is, never know oh, what other filmmakers like when they when they send life. me their films. I'm like, oh crap. This thing called life seems to have um, gotten in the way. I did think I was getting ill a couple of days ago, Uh-oh. but I uh, I've kind of been dosing myself with vitamin C and and various things, and I still seem to be going. And I'm, I'm you know I'm not feeling a hundred percent, but I'm actually I haven't gone downhill. I've just been kind of pushing myself. Just carry on, just carry on, yeah. and here I am. You've got to do it, I suppose. Yeah. Otherwise, you just curl up in a ball and go right. Just shoot me now. Exactly. So uh, now that I've done the teaser trailer and I've kind of done with the Mimi films for a little while until I shoot the third one in Mm -hmm. March. So I'm resting on that. Started writing on another one called BT, 
which mm-hmm. is the working title Bear Trap, but I might end up changing that because of various story reasons or whatever. But uh, so I'm tweaking that one quite a lot. And then, uh, yeah, just uh, I need to rest. I need to just, I don't know, I need to find a way to 100% relax. And I can't, uh, I can't if figure you find out a way to, to do, do it, it, please let me know. <laughs> um, you know, with, uh, I, I thought, you know, I was going to have a relaxing year, but I seem to just be um, signing myself up for more work here, there, and everywhere. So, yeah, I don't I'm mind doing that. Is anything yeah. for me? Is my night jobs just? It's re- I mean, it's nights anyway, so it's kind of wrecking my um, body clock or whatever. But it's like earlier on today to Annette, I said I, I'm not. I don't want to watch anything. I'm fine. TV's all yours. I really don't care what I watch. All right. Well, do you want to watch this? I'm not bothered. You can watch whatever you want. Uh, or we can watch this other thing. Oh, I'm not bothered. You put whatever you want to watch on. Oh, you want to watch this thing, so I'll save that for you. So do you want to watch this? I'm like, I don't care. It's like, just, just pick. <laughs> I'm really not bothered. I don't care what you watch. I'm all right. I'm good. I don't. I, I seem to be spending too much time in front of the television. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's like I've got all this other stuff to do, and I'm fine with that. And Annette doesn't. So it's like when she's not at work because she works really hard at her job as well. Then. I'm happy if she just sits down and veggies out at the TV, but it's like, I don't want to do that. I, my night job is staring at a flipping screen all night. Yeah. I don't want to be spending my four days off staring at a screen. This is why I uh, I really don't spend a lot of time on social media. Hmm. I spend a lot of my day in front of the computer on social media, and I just it's burnout. Yeah, you know, um, at the end of the day, well, I don't want to come home and do it as well. I'll spend sort of. It seems like I'm on social media all the time, but I'll go on it in bursts. So I'll go on and go right half an hour of just constant tweeting and retweeting and making lists and adding people to listen and stuff, and then I'll toddle off for a few hours and then come back again and do it and so on. But yeah, I don't spend as much time as I used to. You can't. Your eyes will fall out your head. You need your brain to go to sleep. Mm-hmm. Which is why I'm looking forward to next week going away with Neil. I know I'm going to be looking through a viewfinder listening to great music, which will make my ears bleed. But I'm not going to be tweeting. I'm not going to be reviewing films. I'm not going to be necessarily. I'm not going to be podcasting as much because obviously I'm not going to be near a Skype thing. Mm-hmm. But I just, it's just getting away and doing something different and being paid for mm-hmm. it, which is quite nice. Great. Uh, be a nice bonus. I have to say. Uh, that's that's one of my bucket list things you're doing there. So enjoy it and tell me all about it, so I can live through you. What's one your of your experience? What's one of your bucket list things? I have always wanted to um, be kind of like an official photographer or official press photographer or something like that okay. at um, kind of uh, a cool big gig. Have you never gig. have you never gone to a gig and taken a camera though? Because that is I have, but yeah. I, I I want. Um, I want to be able to kind of be where the press is, you know, the the other end of that stage and be able to have the opportunity to take some really good pictures. Like the, I managed to do that um, with, um, who is it now? Da, 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 da. It was Lulu. Oh, wow, um, okay. She, she was performing um, on um, a a cruise ship that I happened to be on. At the time, it was a, a birthday gift for my wife. And um, as long as you got there early enough, you could be on that front row. And that's what I did. I took my camera. I was on that front row. And I've got some cracking photos, really good photos. Nice. Um, but 
it didn't have the um, that added bit of having a press pass. No. And there's just something about that that you know is really enticing, and I'd love to do it one day. So tell me all about it. I'm really excited for you, and uh, I look forward to seeing what you do. Because it would be nice for me to be able to take pictures of a gig without having to hide the camera every time security go past. Exactly. <laughs> I've you know, photographed so many Paul McCartney. You have permission to be there and you can do what you want. Well, mem- within reason. I remember being at a Peter Gabriel concert. I was maybe four four rows from the front. I was <laughs> really close. And uh, somebody in front of me called one of the staff over and went, excuse me, I'm here. Blah, blah, blah. Is it okay if I take uh, take a camera out? And take pictures, and she went, "No, no, no! You would need permission to do that in advance." I had a full-size camera under my coat. Not even talking like a point and click. Mm-hmm. This is a full-size SLR, and yeah. I got so many pictures taken. I ended up getting a friend of mine, uh, Martin, who doesn't listen to podcasts, so I don't need to say his name. But he sent it off to Peter Gabriel and got it signed. And then I've got Ooh. a geek wall, so it's like none of his show stolen picture. I took a big <laughs> Peter Gabriel concert. Peter Gabriel signed and said thank you. So it's uh, yeah, Green Day. Um, Paul McCartney, Lincoln Park, Fantastic. Uh, Red Hot Chili Peppers, Jean-Michel Jarre, John Carpenter, all these sort of uh, concerts I've done, but none of them officially. So it'll be kind of it'll be an exciting thing to do, something different. You know, um, I had uh, I, a similar experience, but I didn't take any photos in the end. I uh, smuggled a camera into uh to watch a jason donovan concert i know i open myself up some criticism i like I, jason donovan i had this album i was telling the ah. other day and she laughed at me i'm like hey that was a good album 10 good reasons that was good exactly yeah um so you know I, i'd gone to this concert and but being jason donovan um and being where i was at the time which was stoke it was quite an intimate concert there wasn't a lot of people there it wasn't a huge room yep and so everybody's sitting there and you know you you're nervous when you've got you know a nice bit of camera equipment yeah, with you that you shouldn't sure. have. Yeah. So you're just kind of looking around, and there was a lot of stewards at the end of aisles, and I'm thinking, oh. oh geez. And I watched somebody else um, get out a camera, just a, a normal point and and shoot camera, and the uh, the steward was right on them. Put your camera away. You know you're not allowed to be here filming. And I just thought I've got no chance, so I uh, didn't get to take any photos. But it would have been nice to. So uh, so yeah, it's um, really exciting when you actually have been asked to be there and you've got that opportunity. You don't have to worry about hiding. You don't have to worry about anything other than getting some cracking shots. That's why I loved one of the many things I loved about Sci-Fi Wales was the fact I could be like, right, put a camera there, camera there, brilliant. But it was like, wow, I I don't have to worry about. Because so many Q&A panels, you're like, you're not allowed to film it, you're not allowed to record it, but obviously, mm-hmm. with it being your event, you're like, yeah, do whatever you want. <laughs> it's exactly. like, camera here, camera there. Da, 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 da. <laughs> Amazing. I was looking at some of that footage as well today. I was still, have you ever gone through and watched all those panels? Never. <laughs> and I still mean to. You know what would be nice, though? Yeah. To do it with you. Hmm. That would be nice, to sit down together. Because that's and, a lot of panels. I yeah. Think, I think I've got them we all on video, kind of start kind other of than maybe one or two. A few hours at a time. And then what I've got to do first is assemble the footage because Mr. Wonderful Bob uh, missed half of it. So there'll be there'll be gaps, <laughs> shall we say. But I do have it all on audio and probably about 80, 90%, probably about 80% on video. But, mm-hmm. you know, it's uh, fun times. It's been too many years. It has. That. Somebody uh, messaged your Facebook thing the other day going, is it on this year? I'm like, oh, God. I know. Here we go again. There's, there's constant kind of um kind of 
love for sci-fi worlds, which is lovely. Yeah. Um, just the other day, um, I'm not obviously I won't mention names, but I was talking to um, one of the people at Venue Camry, which is obviously where Sci-Fi Wales was was put on. And you've met this particular person. Okay. He showed us around the venue. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, and um, we we just happened to to be um, somewhere together, and we had a quick chat. And I was saying it's lovely that Sci-Fi Wales um, ended on a high. Everybody who was there, yeah, had a good time. You know, constant good feedback. Um, and it's nice that, you know, at the moment, because obviously there's nothing planned currently for the future, yeah. um, it's ended on a high. Um, you know, that's not to say it won't come back. So, uh, again, watch this space. But um, it ended on that high. And I said, just at Christmas, there was somebody on Twitter who was saying they wished it was coming, hope it was coming back this year. They, had, they have great memories of it. I think it's a great event. And he said... Funny, funnily enough, I was in a chip shop in, and I can't remember the Welsh town it was. It was a little Welsh town, probably half an hour away, yeah. um, just the other week, and ended up talking to somebody, and they mentioned Sci-Fi Wales and said how much they loved it. So it's 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 a lovely feeling that all this uh, kind of love for the events around. Um, it's nice to know you've done something good. Exactly. It just costs money to put it on. It's like it does, that, and that's the problem, isn't it? You know, people see it and go oh, why Why isn't it on this year? Or why are you taking a year off or whatever it is? And you go, do you realise how much how much yeah. this costs as venues and, it, and guests and, and transport and props and food and this and that yeah. and the other? It's like, I'd love, and, I'd love to put it and on. And the people I feel sorry for are obviously the people who bought tickets year after year and really enjoyed the event, which there yeah. are a lot of them, yeah, you know. Unfortunately, the ones that say, oh... You know, even though I live 10 minutes down the road, I'm not going to that one because it doesn't have, you know, William Shatner. <laughs> yeah. You know, well, it would have William Shatner if people supported it. You know, and remember that about your comic cons. You know, if you're going to go to one and it looks like it's going to be a good event and uh, properly run, um, then, you know, if it's just down the road, support your local comic con. I know it's like they don't, I don't think they realize how much the big celebs cost. Yeah, and it's. I remember years ago, Martin, who I've mentioned a few minutes ago, who sorted me out with the Peter Gabriel thing. He he was a massive Mister T fan for some reason. Him and the Fonz. He's like he's the guy. Who phoned me up one day and went, "What are you doing?" I'm like, "Not a lot, really." It's like New Year's Eve, I think it was. Mm-hmm. He went, "Do you fancy going out to meet the Fonz?" And I went, "All right, then. let's go out and meet oh, the Fonz." And I we did. did. That. And we drove over to Liverpool <laughs> and we stood outside this door and it was freezing and out comes the Fonz. I'm like, that's really weird. A few months or 12 months, whatever, before that, he went, do you fancy going meeting David Hasselhoff? I'm like, I'd love to. So we went <laughs> down to Manchester, hung around and I met David Hasselhoff. So when this guy says something, it's like he's, you know, it, it happens. So I have he, to say, did he say, um, just jump in my car and we're going to see uh, David Hasselhoff? Kind of. Yeah, pretty much. He did. Yep. Did, do, do you remember David Hasselhoff's um, Jump In My Car song? I try not to, but I have heard it. It's not great, is it? I don't know. It's not I'd good. jump in a car with David Hasselhoff any day. Yeah, it was like at 11 o'clock at night in a cold Manchester winter's evening, and he still had his shirt open. So that's how. <laughs> he was probably inebriated or something, to be honest, but he'd just done some sort of pantomime or whatever it was. So, um, yeah, where was I going with that? Uh, yeah, Marty really wanted to meet Mr. T. Yeah. So he said, "Right, I'm going to try and bring Mr. T over for an evening with Mr. T. So tea with T sounds would good. Be a good one, wouldn't it? So he went all the way through his agent, this, that, and the other, and it would have been seventy thousand quid mm-hmm. to get Mr. T over to the UK for a day, 
mm-hmm. plus business flights. Yep. And that was probably 10 years ago. It, it so, sounds yeah. very, very familiar. Yes. Um, I, and, and I won't mention names, I, um, I was talking to, um, it was a wrestler, a wrestler's agent yep. um, for Sci-Fi Wales. And this particular wrestler wore face paint and he would make two 30-minute appearances in the day. Right. So in an hour yeah. in his face paint. And he would only charge me. Obviously, you've got the business rate flights and accommodation and all that on, on top. top of that. Wow, okay. But he would only charge me $100,000. Oh, why did I not meet him then? Why was he not there? That's <laughs> mental, isn't it? It's like, exactly. What? So, it, 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 you know, when kind of a, a, an upcoming comic con like sci-fi Wales is put on try and remember that we're not kind of not trying to get your william shatners and you you, you know your your the the bigger names that that yeah. people are want to travel across the country for it's just probably they can't afford it at the time but if they get the support of fans yeah then at some point that changes and they can do it so you wouldn't be sitting, looking through a book going, do I get William Shatner or the 18th Orc from the second Hobbit movie? Which one do I get? I really like the Hobbit movie, so never mind. <laughs> no, exactly. It's not a case yeah, it, of it, you get to choose which celeb. It's like, how much money do they cost? Can I make it back? I, if it gets to the point where you've got to sell your house mm-hmm. uh, and then get a big fat loan and then borrow money off everybody so you can have a celebrity who will show up for the afternoon, it's not worth it. No, it's too scary. So it's too much. I don't know how you coped with the pressure of putting events events on. I like my uh, thing. The first year was definitely <laughs> the most fun for me because I got to see everything from behind the scenes. Mm-hmm. There could be like a sci-fi Wales movie. I've still got tons of footage with you on. And uh, but obviously like year two, three and four, I just literally showed up. Right. Where's my room? talk mm-hmm. right well we're off for waffles now bye rob see you later <laughs> so those years were far more relaxing for me but I, there's always going to be something special about the first year yeah because it was kind of cool so uh, so i watched picard what did you think really liked it we've only watched the first episode i've got the mm-hmm. second episode to watch but time yeah. dictates i've not watched it yet but what a gorgeous looking show that is oh uh, you know are, are we talking spoilers on episode one or not uh, yeah, because it's been out for a couple of weeks now, isn't it? I think the okay, third we, we can put like tomorrow, a, I don't know, like a, a thing in the title, spoiler Picard. Yeah, it's only, um, only minimum. I mean, there's nothing in that one. Well, like, well actually, what, what we're talking about it now. The, you know, yeah. if you are listening yeah. and you haven't watched episode one of Picard and you want to, yeah, come back then five minutes. forward five or ten minutes. Yeah, definitely. This but is it, your it, last spoiler alert, okay? It gave me the feel that I got when I saw Generations at the cinema. Yeah. You know when you're sort of you're used to the TV trick and you've watched yeah. all of them, blah blah blah, and then you get to see it on the big screen and you're like, "Wow, this has been properly filmed." Mm-hmm. It was very much like that. The cinematography was sort of stunning in it. Just the opening scene where it's panning through space and you've got that lovely music. Yep. And there it is, the Enterprise D. Yes. I I have to admit, I squealed. <laughs> Annette said you would. She said, I bet my Rob watched this. He was like jumping up and down and giggling. I'm like, yeah, probably was. Yeah. Yeah. She she knows me well. She does. But she really liked it as well. I mean, she's seen some of the next gen things, but she's not what I'd class as a, a Trek fan. Uh, we're working our way through the movies, so we've seen one to four, or she has half seen them all. And she's enjoyed them. So far, it, uh, Voyage Home is her favourite. So she's yeah. not like, 
she's not that aware of everything in the in the Trek thing. So a lot, some yeah. of the the little comments, you know, like, uh, Daystrom Institute and all that sort of stuff. She won't yeah. like, oh, I remember, I know that name. Mm-hmm. So, um, but she loved it. So she's she's now said, right, when you're watching the other ones, I will be watching it with you. So it's you know, it it's really been thought about well this one yeah obviously you know one of my criticisms of discovery even though i watch it you know i'm a star trek fan i'll watch mm-hmm. all trek um was that it seemed too far away from the original star trek yeah whereas this is really you know the fans have finally been thought about which is which is lovely um you know the fact that on that opening scene that i spoke about it was the enterprise d there it wasn't the enterprise e Mm-hmm. Because obviously, as they as they finished the films, we 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 ended up with the Enterprise E after G- generations, and the, the Enterprise D got destroyed. Yeah. Um, because that's the one people fell in love with. We haven't really had chance to fall in love with the Enterprise E because we just had a few movies. Yeah. So they thought about that. Didn't they? Didn't say, well, the last ship he was on was this one. So when he's having a dream, he, he'll obviously just put himself where he was last. No, he'll put himself in the ship he loved the most, which is actually the ship that the fans love the most as well. Yeah. You know, it's really been thought about and uh, I really appreciate that as a Star Trek fan. So, you know, uh, you know, it had me at that first, you know, 30 second mark. I thought, yeah, this is going to be good. And it was, it was, um, and those Romulans. I know exactly. Yep. Yep. The people are going to watch this and go, oh, God, oh, Trekkies are off now, blah, blah, blah. I don't think you need to be a Star Trek fan to enjoy the show. You enjoy it a different way Mm -hmm. if if you've seen all the other stuff. Because it's like, there's a sentiment about Annette. She's seen some of it, but not tons of it. She wouldn't know. You know, oh, that's a a Borg cube or all this sort of stuff. She probably necessarily wouldn't know that it was a Romulan. She might go, Mm -hmm. is that the same one as Spock? No, fucking yeah. Romulan and so on. But she still enjoyed it. It did. I've heard some reviews say it's very similar to Logan, mm-hmm. the uh, the final sort of well, not necessarily the final X Men, but the the final Hugh Jackman, yeah, um, Wolverine movie in its tone, and it kind of is because it's more, it feels more adult, a bit more mm-hmm. serious, a bit grittier and stuff like that. But I'm loving it. And obviously, they did use some swear words in there. They did. So uh, yeah, um, it's. I, I, you know, it's really going to be, I think, a series that um, better um, continue for a while because I think there'll be a lot of sad fans if if they end it too soon. Yes. Well, it's been been greenlit for a second season, hasn't it? It has. So that's good. But I could see it being quite expensive to make, so that's the thing. But it does help that you've got Patrick Stewart as an executive producer or a producer yeah. on it, so that'll um, he'll uh, he'll be monitoring that, warning, making sure it all goes to. Yeah. goes to plan but some really cool dialogue and stuff in it it's proper serious writing it's not all phases on stun and all that type of stuff the funny thing is though when um i think i'm right in saying you still haven't seen the deep space nine documentary yeah i've not seen that yet. um one of the things in the deep space nine documentary that they talk about is the fact that deep space nine works so much better now in our streaming era so mm. you can kind of sit because it was the first um star trek that had continuing storylines yeah so they said one of the things that, that kind of didn't do it any justice and um, when it was first aired is in some countries, um, you know, football would be on, so they'd not air a couple of weeks' worth. But when they went back to airing, they just went back to airing the latest episode, so they missed two episodes, for example. Yeah. So people were like, 
I've missed something. I don't know what's going on. So they said once kind of the streaming era of Netflix and Amazon came along, um, Deep Space Nine watches much better and people are really falling in love with it now because they get to binge watch series at, at a time. Yeah. Well, we've got the same thing with Picard here. We, we, we've got story arcs that are going to span the whole season, I am absolutely certain, if not longer. But Just, we've got to wait week after week for it. Well, you you do, you, but, you could wait, why, but why don't you wait? But, but if you wait, you'll see a spoiler online, you'll listen to oh, this podcast. Sure. You know, it's uh, you've got to watch it as it comes, but you know, I don't mind that. You know, I quite like the uh, the excitement. I do it with The Walking Dead all the time. I'm f- uh, I am up to date with that for the first you are. time in its history now. So, what did you think of that moving on from Picard? Uh, Walking Dead, I str- I think it was season nine where I struggled. So, it, uh, Andrew, spoilers on this one, but to be fair, the, the thing that I'm going to talk about is two years old, so get over mm-hmm. it. Um, <laughs> so, when Andrew Lincoln and Pollyanna McIntosh left, mm-hmm. sad it was day. Like, that's such a good episode, though, but I'm like, I'm going to miss these characters. And then yeah. it did that time jump thing. Mm-hmm. I'm thinking, uh, okay, <laughs> that's a that's a different take on it. Hang I on a minute, his kid fight. wasn't that that age well, when uh, when we left on the last episode. You're like, I'm not being funny, <laughs> but they need to really sort this continuity out. Because Annette said to me, she's like, how how long's this been? I'm like, I don't know. I guess it's maybe been like a year or two or something. And I had a look online, and it, I think it was like three years. This website article said it was. I'm like, that that can't be. That kid's got way older than three years difference. Mm-hmm. And I think it was six years. I think maybe six seven years was the actual time jump. But I I would I'd rather they didn't do that because I wanted to see the impact of oh my god Rick Grimes is gone. Yeah. Or what we're gonna do, blah blah, blah. and we didn't get any of that. They were just like, "Oh yeah, no. do you remember? Do you remember Rick? Oh yeah, I remember him." He's yeah, and all, all you see is kind of the rifts that have gone on, but you don't see how they started, no, or anything. You don't. You don't. Where's, where's Maggie? Yeah. <laughs> I don't. She's not even been since since. Um, so it's so the time jump kind of threw me, mm-hmm. and then it all turned. But the first half, I think, of season nine, it was all just like windmills and let's like, oh, look, the water, let's make this, and let's grow corn. And I'm thinking, what what am I watching? I was struggling on the first half of season nine. And mm-hmm. I think I was on like episode five, I think maybe, five or six. And I put a tweet out saying, I'm really struggling with this Walking Dead because what's happened? Nothing's happening in this, this half of season nine. And this guy called Lee came back and he said, no, I'm right there with you. He said, but trust me stick with it gets better in the second half i'm like can better do and then when the whisperers showed up i'm like ooh, this is what he meant so then it got really good and i uh, i'm still not a fan of how they've pretty much neutered negan mm-hmm. they're like oh this big baseball bat wheelie oh yeah let's just put him in a cage and we'll just turn him into like the hannibal lecter for the season ah but you're up to date yeah. so you you know where but that's up, going now but i'm up to date but it's like come on you can't have a character or an actor playing that character like that and just have him in the cage. Stop being mean to him. I'm sorry about this, Daniel. And then but, when he got he got out at one point, I'm like, oh, here we go. And then he went back. I'm like, then, yeah, he just said, oh, I'm going back in my cage. It's like, don't do that. <laughs> and then when uh, Alpha showed up, who's mm-hmm. amazingly played by Samantha Morton, yes. she is she, she's as good as Negan was when mm-hmm. he showed up. I think she's amazing. But isn't this the a lovely thing about The Walking Dead? How you can you know, Negan shows up and you can absolutely despise his character for what he did. He did. Yeah. 
And by the time now you're up to date where you are, you're like, come on, Negan. Yeah. You know, you're behind the guy and you want him to go out and take take out Alpha. Well, that's what I thought. I'm like, do you know what? I really want to see. And that's what I think he's up to. We don't know <laughs> he's up to that because we're not seeing it. But that my theory is that's what he's doing. He's going he's gonna to be the one that infiltrates yeah. the, the Whisperers and then goes, right, I'm over you. He's going to take out that big guy. Mm-hmm. Uh, so when Darren oh, yeah. he, shoved him re- down the lift shaft he's like, going to really enjoy he, taking he, out him <laughs> uh, <laughs> he's yeah. going to have fun with it you know Negan's got that side where you know killing can just be a game and a bit of fun for him Yeah, that's what he's going to do with him I tell you what's also hard there's some really heartbreaking scenes in it though and there was one where the, the, like, the teenager had a bit of fan service going towards Negan mm-hmm. oh this is pure Negan you do this you do that you could just see Negan getting more upset going yeah. oh just stop i'm not that person anymore yeah and then the teenage person kills some people and then negan goes right i've had enough down goes back to the old negan that yeah. was a nice little glimpse that he's still in there but i think all in all i really enjoyed it but i think the first half of season nine i really struggled with i'm like do i quit do i just get out of the show but it does still suffer from the loss of a lot of the other characters i think yeah but uh, it's interesting but it's interesting, and obviously the they've got no plans of uh, stopping the the Walking Dead franchise because they're they're bringing out a new TV series, um, a third one because we've got Fear the Walking Dead, we've got the Walking Dead, the original, and yep. now there's going to be a third one as well. So, what's the third one going to be called? Like, worry about the Walking Dead? Or who knows? <laughs> but do you think I don't know? It's there's no end in sight because how here do we go that? again with the Walking Dead? Isn't it? Do we really need three concurrent? Walking Dead. But as a real big shows. Walking Dead fan, I'm quite happy about it. You know, if, if that means that the Walking Dead can be on my TV screen, um, you know, 52 weeks in the year, I'm happy yeah. with that. As long as the material's good, though. Yeah, but it yeah. has been. I've, no, I've enjoyed yeah. everything so far. You know, there, obviously there are times where, you know, you look at it, you know, especially when animals are involved and you go, really, what are you doing? <laughs> yeah. But, Which is kind of the point, and it's kind of a weird thing, isn't it? Yeah, well, they, I'm alright with humans being killed you know, children. You're so, exactly, you're so used cat. to them kind of ripping people to part. They've got to, they want to do something for the shock value. Yeah, um, and, and it works. Yeah, it you know, they, they do the shock value, but you know, I keep watching it thinking, do you know what, when are Carol and Daryl going to get together? Because they're a perfect pair. I know. But oh. and, and will that be one of those things that it goes through the whole show and it never happens? They, they tease it. You Everybody wants it but you never actually get it. I hope or, so. Yeah. Because it's like not everything in this world should be based upon people wanting to sleep with each other. Mm-hmm. Just let's up something where just two people genuinely care about each other and just are there to cover each other's backs. Just yeah. go with that. Do the Mulder and Scully thing. That was what mm-hmm. damaged a lot of the X-Files, wasn't it? It yeah. somehow turned into this, ooh, will they get together? That's not really why I watched the show, but thanks for that. Turning it into friends. Mm-hmm. It's not good. So... But now I'm thoroughly enjoying Picard. So definitely yeah, good. thumbs up on that one. I went to see 1917 at a cinema, which is very, very good. Fantastic. World War World World War One movie. I might have to go and see. Well, not. I might have to wait for it to come on uh, on one of the streaming services and watch it. Yeah. I think I've had my quota of, uh, of movies for the moment. Uh, I'll wait for my bank balance to recover a bit more. Yep. Well, I'm on an embargo to not buy any Blu-rays and not DVDs and stuff in, <laughs> in this pay thing. And it's kind of, I don't know how much money I spend on Blu-rays, but I've now, I mean, it's 11 days till I get paid. I've still got money left. 
This Ooh. never happens. Normally, I'm down to about 30 quid now. But I'm doing <laughs> not too bad. I think it's because I know I'm going away next week. And it's like, well, I need a little bit of money in my pocket just for, you know, Mars bars and mm-hmm. whatever else, bottles of water or something. But, uh, yeah, so I've, I'm trying to catch up on all the films that I've got in the house, which is just way too many. So what's the uh, the, the, the background to uh, 1917? The background to 1917 is it is uh, two men on a mission movie. Mm-hmm. So it's like, right, okay. go deliver this message way, way over there on the other side of enemy lines. But don't worry about it because enemy lines is uh, abandoned, so you'll be fine. And, uh, so and then the, you're not. The two young, yeah, and then they do run into <laughs> things now and again. Otherwise, it'd be a really dull film, wouldn't it? But yeah. the film is made up of really long camera takes. Mm-hmm. So you know, there's this thing out there where people say, oh, it's made to look like one shot. It kind of is. It would work as one shot, but you can see yeah. place if you go into the film and go right. I'm going to find out where they cut it mm-hmm. because right. I'm just going to be a smart ass. You will see where they've cut it because it's blatantly obvious where they've cut it, and they don't try and hide it. But it seems to be the marketing thing going. Oh, it's one take, but it's uh, it is lots and lots of long camera shots, which is very impressive and adds to the film. So yeah. uh but that's pretty much all I'm going to tell you about it because it's all plot driven and stuff like that. So Picard of Watch, Walking Dead, Ray Donovan season seven. I've just started. Orange is a New Black. I've just finished that entire run of that show. Ended very well. This last season was excellent. Mm-hmm. Uh, NYPD Blue. I've just started season nine. I'm now into the episodes that I've never ever seen before. So I'm uh, I'm really Exciting. enjoying that one. <laughs> this is all set around uh, early 2002. Mm-hmm. So you've got a lot of the September the 11th type dialogue. So obviously yeah. that happened in New York. So it's like, oh, are the cops going to mention it? Or are they going to just not mention it? Or this, that, and the other? And they do sort of real, you know, comment about it now and again. Yeah. And you can see the tension in the cops in the show because of that. So it's that's very, very well handled. And uh, I've also started watching a comedy show for a change called uh, Sex Education on Netflix which I've heard recommended by a lot of people. It's got Gillian Anderson in it as this kid's mum, and this kid goes to high school, and she's like a sex therapist, and she just does, okay. she just says whatever she wants. She's you know At, at one point, the kid's like a teenager. Mm-hmm. So she, she's like, have you, have you been masturbating in your bedroom? She's like, Mom, Mom. <laughs> well, there's nothing to be ashamed about. Every boy should masturbate. In fact, what you should do is use this. No, Mom, don't talk. So it's, it's very uh, very graphic. But it's oh, it's funny. It's a very, very funny show. So there's a couple of seasons of that on Netflix. So I'm looking forward Sounds to good. watching that. But I don't know about you. I tend to watch a lot of serious stuff. Yeah. So it's quite nice watching something that's just a bit daft and stupid. So. You're saying that. I don't think I watch too much that's very serious. Most of the stuff I watch is daft and stupid. Well, that's good, though, because yeah. you watch too much serious stuff. It can make you a bit miserable, can't it? Well, yeah, I've been watching um, uh, a show... Uh, it's just come on uh, Netflix for season two, Doomsday Preppers. Okay, not heard of it. I can imagine that it's about prepping for Doomsday, but beyond that... Well, you must have heard of Preppers. I think most people have nowadays, so, you know, yep. somebody worries about, I don't know, um, for the for the, the extreme, the zombie apocalypse. Um They've been watching too much of The Walking Dead, so they want to prepare just in case that happens. So they go out and they store water, um, they store food, and that you know various things. And and people take it to different extremes. There's people who kind of go out and buy disused nuclear bunkers, or hmm. um, you know they 
sell everything they've got and buy a boat or or whatever it may be and this show kind of you you meet a different um prepper one or two preppers every week and um they kind of take you what they're doing and what they're prepping for the funny thing i always find is most of them uh in season two which i've been watching are prepping for economic collapse okay if if i could prep for anything that isn't something i'd be that worried about no so um so yeah you know they um you know one guy's built a castle literally a castle he's got acres of land it's all in america obviously so there's got a lot more land than we've got over here and uh he's built this huge castle he spent his life savings on there he thinks he's up to like close to a million or something like that building this castle that he's he's literally spent all his children's inheritance (laughs) and then he's trying to introduce them to to prepping um but it's a really good show um you know, if you're into that kind of stuff, I like the idea of prepping myself. I've never got around to doing it, and I don't think I've got the cash to do it. No, uh, but, no. but if somebody wants to share any kind of simple tips for prepping with me, then please do, Mr. R. Dyer on Twitter. I'd love to hear what people have to say and uh, if there's an affordable way to do it. Well, I, um, I was talking about the, this on the show, on the Open Forum radio show with the Americans, because they were asking about, you know, they were going on about the Chinese virus outbreak, mm-hmm. and uh, I don't know if we should call it a Chinese virus, but but the coronavirus. Coronavirus, And, uh, yeah. you know, the big in America about, well, we're going to prepare for this, that, and the other, so all these hosts and stuff. One of them has mapped out all the... Ra- he said, well, if I need to get to my other house, because he's got mm-hmm. another little cabin somewhere, mm-hmm. I think he said Pennsylvania or something, so everybody go to Pennsylvania and look for the cabin. Right there. <laughs> and uh, he said, well, I can't go down the roads because the roads are going to be jammed. So mm-hmm. how do I get there with my vehicle? And he's mapped out all the train tracks. Wow. So I'm like, now that's a level of prepping. Exactly. The, 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 there's people who really take it to, to the next level. Yeah. And some of the things they do is is really impressive and it's great it to is. watch. And then there's other people you look at and you think, you haven't got a clue. No. It's like they asked me, I think it's how it stemmed. They said, well, you know, if there was some sort of crazy break breakdown or outbreak or something like that in the UK and you weren't able to leave your house, how long would you be able to survive? I thought, well, I never saw that question coming, but uh, I, I thought <laughs> maybe a month or two, possibly. Mm-hmm. And uh, so that's how the topic then came from that. So if, if you weren't able to leave your house, how long would you be able to function without going outside? Probably not too long, actually. You know, there's only so many uh, so many meals that, that the baked bean tins will last for, and uh, and then they'll be gone. Isn't it? So I'm so, thinking, uh, oh, maybe I am. Um, maybe I need to prep more. It, it's interesting. Like um, when you actually watch these shows, you you kind of find out information that that you don't necessarily know. But like apparently, the the whole supermarket network runs on kind of like a three day cycle. So if something happened to interrupt that chain, yeah, the supermarkets have got about enough food for about three days. After yes. that, there's nothing. So it's really interesting. And, um, you know, obviously I'm not telling everybody to go out and be a prepper, but if, if you're interested in it and um, you want to see how other people do it, then uh, it, it's definitely uh, one to, to try and catch on Netflix. It's a really good show. Because we sort of, we all, you know, we read and, and hear and stuff like that about, oh, this, this, this is going to happen and that's going to happen. They go, oh, I hope that doesn't. Mm-hmm. But beyond that, we really don't think too much about it in the UK. We go, oh, no, no. Oh, I'm sure it'll never happen. Yes. Yeah, but what if it's just down one, the road? It's one fine. day it might. One day something might. You know, it's, uh, they were asking me, saying, "Are you 
well stocked up on movies to watch. I'm like that. That I am covered on. <laughs> yeah. You know, as long as there's electricity, I'm okay. I've still got lots of Blu-rays and stuff like. You're not so much. You might have to go back and watch all your Roswell DVDs and Blu-rays. Exactly. And stuff, uh, you know, uh, Roswell, I'm okay for, but but you know, else, and Star Trek, yeah, but everything you're, else, you're done. You're, it's, you're, it's not the worst thing. In a month. It, it's not the worst thing though. I, I can rewatch Star Trek and Roswell quite happily. Well, that's not too bad. But yeah, I've got enough movies to keep me. I think I once actually can, uh, calculated it. I have enough films to watch for a year and a half if I watch one every single day before I. And that's not even counting stuff I've watched before that I own. Hmm. That is brand new films. If I watched a new film that I own every day, it'd be like a year and a half before I'd run out. So I don't need to buy any more films. You have to watch it though, Stuart, because you, these preppers, they, they, you know, they, they've now listened to the podcast. They know you've got a big stash of movies. And if uh, the worst happens, zombie apocalypse, and uh, people want some entertainment, they might be knocking on your door now. They might well be. But thankfully, mm-hmm. I never give my address out. But uh, How many people do you know that don't even own a DVD or a Blu-ray player, though? I know a few. It's kind of freaky when you go, have you, oh, I've got that film that you're after. Have you, oh. got, a Blu- you got a Blu-ray? No. Mm. All right, you got a DVD? No. How do you watch films? They're all, and, and, they're all and, streaming persons. Yeah, but they don't even own a PC either. No, they you don't. know, they're like, oh, I've got an iPad or I've got a phone. Like, yeah, but I don't want to watch the latest blockbuster on my phone. Somebody at work who, um, she's like, oh, I love watching movies and blah, 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 blah. And I'm like, well, I don't even have a TV. How do you watch films? On an iPad. Why have you not got a TV? Well, so I don't have to buy a TV license. You do know <laughs> if you watch them on your tablet, you've still got to buy a license, haven't you? Yep. But no, just... You know, on their head to be it. So it's mm. kind of crazy. So yeah, I, that's that's pretty much all I've watched. Well, I've got one more. I've saved the best to last. Ooh, another uh, one. At least is on it, the TV shows, anyway. Is it better than Doomsday Preppers? Yes, it is. I really like it. Um, and um, it's James May, our man in Japan, on Amazon. Okay. Fine. Yep. Um, you you familiar with James May? One I of um, Top Gear. Yeah, one of the Top Gear and. Um, well, ex Top Gear anyway, <laughs> uh, and obviously now he's signed his life away to Amazon. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, yeah, he the, a new show has just dropped um, probably about a month ago on to Amazon, and it's James May, our man in Japan, and he literally travels around Japan, kind of showing you all the interesting bits, all the things they might might think make great TV. And it does. It makes absolute riveting TV. I could sit there and just watch that series. You know, without a break, easily. Okay. How uh, long are they? Like half hour things, or they're like they're like an hour a show, I think, something like that. Yeah, okay. Um, so, like, he'll go off. Um, he uh, at one point he goes to uh, a Japanese penis festival. Oh, nice. Okay. Um, which you know is interesting. He, you know, he's he's drafted into um to cart this giant penis around the town on like this big kind of wooden um contraption you know where you kind of they've got kind of men on each corner and they've they've got it on the like the wood on the shoulders kind of carrying it along is the big penis Um, called jeremy clarkson he's not um you know but james may really should take on that gag and do that over again and and redo it that would have been good um so he's doing that but obviously because he's in japan a lot of people are shorter than him so he's having to kind of, he's almost crippled by the fact that he's taking most of the weight and he has to end up um, swapping with the cameraman at one point um, wow. so he can kind of take some of this weight. But they've got that. He um, he visits some of the kind of the great scenery over there. He visits this um, guy who builds robots and 
um, you see kind of one of his little robots he's made. And when I say little, it's still like kind of a couple of stories high. Yeah. And then you see his big robot that is so big that it's stuck in the warehouse he's built it in. And it's like literally like a transformer. It's it's that kind of scale. And James May gets to drive that. Um, you know, there, there, there's so many kind of different things you get to see obviously the karaoke bars over there um the food the culture um and just lots of things in between that that you've never heard of before and it makes a really good show to watch it really does makes a change doesn't it from the walking deads and all that sort of stuff exactly it's um it's just one of those shows that you can kind of sit down enjoy because it's light-hearted but you actually learn something in the in the whole process as well. Um, so um, even though obviously there's swearing on there and, and yeah. Ina's festivals, we've sat <laughs> down with Addy and we, we, we watch it together as a family and she takes a lot away from it. You know, she, she kind of really likes Japan. Yeah. Um, just from watching that. Some, you know, she's somewhere she wants to, wants to visit now. And it's great when, you know, um, you can kind of watch these shows and kind of pick up all these little things, because if I ever did go to Japan, I've got a whole new list of things that I'd love to do. Just not the festival. Don't take her to that festival. It's no, kind of weird. It's not the festival. <laughs> but no. but like gambling, he went to um they, they have these um gambling is illegal in um in Japan. All right, okay. Um so they have these um kind of arcade set up and they have these machines called pachinko machines. And it's it, apparently that it's named pachinko because of the noise it makes and you use these little um metal balls you know like a ping uh, not a ping pong um a um a pinball yes yeah, yeah you kind of feed these things into it and it's like a cross between a slot machine and pinball um and they sit there for hours playing this um this game and you win kind of the balls out of it as well and then you trade it in and you he takes you to the um the trade in center which is very much like coming to Sandidno and um you know you've got your your cuddly toys and and your cheap nasty um gimmicky um gifts mm-hmm. and it all seems really odd that you've got all these grown men and women in Japan playing for hours spending thousands of of dollars um yet they're only winning stuffed toys but what you find is once you've come out with your stuffed toy or whatever else you've won, there's a little shady um, kind of uh, kind of hole in the wall where you, can, you after you've come out of this um, arcade and somebody will buy back um, these cuddly toys for for money. All right, okay. So it's it's their way of getting around the the gambling, um, and so much so that when it's being filmed by by the crew, um, James May has been told this by his his Japanese guide, and he says, um, "Right, um, I'm just going to stay here while she does that because this isn't technically legal, and yeah. uh, we could get in some trouble for this. So uh, I'm just going to stand here while she um, sells back the items, and she comes back with this little wad of money." So there's no um, proof that that actually happens, which is a smart move. Yeah. So you know, it's you, you learn some kind of um, some really cool things. Um, so it's it's definitely a show I'd recommend. 
Uh, you do, and I think I was I was chatting with Annette the other day, and I still maintain that there's a lot of stupid people around. I think there's all, they're always husband, but I think there's there's more of them. I don't I think they're breeding. <laughs> and it's like I, was, I keep chatting with Annette, going, "What what's the cause of it?" And I think it's uh, I don't want to just tar it with Netflix because there's a lot of other streaming things, but streaming platforms or the streaming TV and the iPlayers and stuff, I include in that as well, and touchscreens. Mm-hmm. So with, with the invention of touchscreens, you don't have to write anything anymore. You don't really have to learn how to spell because it fixes it for you. Yeah. Uh, information, people get their news from Facebook. Yeah. Which is not, not accurate uh, in, in the majority or whatever. Mm-hmm. And for TV, if they like things like The Only Way is Essex or Love Island or, or whatever, they can just watch that all day long and if they go do you know what? i don't like documentaries or programs where you go see other countries and you learn stuff they don't ever have to watch them no nope. so they don't learn about all these things whereas when we grew up we would watch a channel and you would see like the a team you go yay that's great and then something else would come on and then you go oh i don't really well i'll watch it anyway and you would accidentally learn stuff mm-hmm. and i think that's that's where i think a lot of people are being Think nowadays they're not watching things that they should do. They're not watching the educational things. No, they're watching the pure fluff, which I like the fluff stuff now and again, but yeah, not not all the time. I, I love a bit of ed- education. I love a bit of history, learning about cultures. So a show like this is perfect because you know it's got all that kind of the comedy value. It's going to make you laugh. It's going to make you smile. Yeah. But whilst you're doing it all, you're learning stuff as well. And it's like I used to love all the Michael Palin stuff. Oh, me too. And, and the Billy, I think the Billy Connolly ones were the first ones I watched, where he would go tour in Scotland and Australia yep. and stuff like that. So I got into those, and then you'd watch the Palin stuff. And Palin's got a very different sense of humour to Billy Connolly, mm-hmm. but it was still kind of funny, but it was more educational. Yep. And then I watched the Hugh McGregor, Charlie Borman ones, where they would go travelling around the world. So I, I haven't I've, seen those, but they are amazing. It's a long way round, long way down. And by any means, but definitely the the ones that feature Hugh McGregor are mm-hmm. fantastic because they they go by motorbike mm-hmm. around the world. It's so good. You can probably get them from CEX, whatever, pretty cheap. You know, yeah. them online or whatever. But they're amazing. Those and the Michael Palin ones because you learn stuff. You go, oh, yeah. that's what happens in that country. I'll avoid that one. Oh, but that country looks nice. I'll go there. So, so. It's fun. You mentioned you were watching a program called Daybreak. What is that? Ah, Daybreak. Um, it's one I started being a Walking Dead fan. You get these, obviously, until the fourth or fifth new show is made, uh, however many they go, you get these breaks, you know, mid-season breaks or the end-of-season breaks, and then it moves on to Fear the Walking Dead. Well, I don't have BT anymore, so I can't watch Fear the Walking Dead when that comes out. So I, there's, there's breaks in my schedule where I'm craving some zombie TV. Yeah. So, uh, uh, again, I was flicking through... Um, now, I don't know if this one is... I think it's Netflix. Um, I was flicking through Netflix... And um, it was one of the ones it recommends. It knows I like zombies. Mm-hmm. Um, and I thought, right, I'll give it a go. And it's um, it's the end of the world, really. Um, people have been turned into um, into zombies, except for the children, up until kind of um, they stop being teenagers. So you've got, um, you know, up until the age of like kind of probably 17, 18 19 everybody's fine yeah everybody else pretty much is uh, is turned into some kind of zombie um 
creature. So um, it's it's like The Walking Dead, but you've got kind of factions based on almost um, school life. So you find like all the 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 American jocks have um, you know. They formed their own clique um, with the the head of the football team is the 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 head of their group. Um, you know, obviously the cheerleaders have banded together and they're sticking with them as well. And then all the other sports teams have kind of fallen in line. And he's got this huge kind of um, clique of, uh, of of sports people um, who follow his word, and they're kind of like the big group. And um, then you've got kind of the the, the lone. Um, kind of people who just kind of are trying to survive the best best as possible other smaller cliques um and it, it's again it's, it's like the walking dead um it's got a bit more humor in it um and it's it's not a bad watch i'd never swap swap the walking dead for it but no it, it's all right to fill a little gap if you've got nothing else to uh, to watch I think that's the thing is that like anybody that brings a zombie movie out or certainly a zombie TV show, it's instantly going to be, yeah, but where does it compare to The Walking Dead? In the same way anybody brings in and out with a sword, mm-hmm. it becomes Game of Thrones then, doesn't it? Yeah. So it's like The Witcher. Ooh, it's kind of like Game of Thrones. It's like, well, maybe. I don't know. I've not. That's not one I've jumped in and watched. I know Bob actually watched it all and he finished it and he enjoyed it. So it's quite nice that he watched something and mm-hmm. finished it, which is quite good. Yeah. Um, but... Uh, yeah, so you'd recommend Daybreak? I would indeed. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I'm still watching it. It, like I say, it fills that gap for me I, when I'm craving uh, zombie TV and The Walking Dead isn't around. Well, I'm quite miffed because Ray Donovan's been cancelled. So I had that thing going: to watch the final season, <laughs> or do I just not bother because I know it's not concluded? But I'm, I've been watching it for six years, so yeah. I'm going to carry on and finish it and stuff like that. But uh, yeah, movie-wise, I have not watched. Anything other than 1917, so uh, we catch up a lot of TV. But I believe you watched the wonderfully critically acclaimed, not uh, X Men <laughs> Dark Phoenix. Is it as bad as people said it was? Because people seem to bash a lot of the X Men movies, and I quite enjoy them. You see, I I am an X Men fan, mm-hmm. but I had I had problems with the movie. Oh, um, I grew up with the X Men. Um, not from the comics, but from um, the cartoon show. Yeah, that's how I was introduced to the X Men. That's how I enjoyed the X Men. I'd buy kind of X Men merchandise based on the comics, um, and I really enjoyed it. So when I sit down and watch some of the movies, you see that there's kind of well, I know that character that you know that he was introduced, and you know, and things have when I when I've sat down and watched the movies. I've always been quite happy with the the way they've gone. Um, you know, they've kind of complemented the cartoon series, and I've I've seen no real contradictions. And then I watched Dark Phoenix. Yeah, and the first thing you know, a, a show with um, kind of Phoenix as as the character to me has to have Wolverine in there because Wolverine was always obsessed with Jean Grey. Yeah, he was. Um, and in the cartoon series, when Jean Grey becomes the Phoenix, Wolverine is there. When yeah. Jean Grey becomes the Phoenix in Dark Phoenix, Wolverine isn't there. Hugh this Jackman, is the first one, Hugh isn't Jackman's it? Without packed up and gone. Yeah, this is the first one without Hugh, isn't it? Did they explain where he's gone at all or just like totally ignore it? No, th- there's no real mention of him. <laughs> oh. but, 
but my real problem is, of course, that we we're not talking Patrick Stewart anymore. We we we're, we're kind of back in time again. Oh, it's McAvoy and all his mobs. Yeah, it? yeah. And to me, that's wrong in the timeline as well. So <laughs> yeah. you know, the Phoenix character was with with um, Patrick Stewart. Yes. So I had my my brain was just telling me this is all wrong. The timeline's wrong. Something's happened. You know, we need we need future Spock to turn up and and put things back. But the timeline in the X Men movies is just. I think it gave up the ghost a long time ago, didn't it? Yeah. Where you had Phoenix pop up in it's either X Men two or three, wasn't it? Mm-hmm. Where I think she popped up. It's like right now she's you no, know, we'll forget about her, and then we'll just I don't know. I, I think if you're a scientist, you might be able to sit down and come up with some sort of graph, Sheldon style, about yeah. the X Men timeline. But it is kind of all over the place. And I think you know because the movie is reverting back to Marvel. The, the franchise of the X-Men, they're going to kind of reboot it. Part of me feels that it was just like, right, it's the last one. Just do whatever you want, really. <laughs> it doesn't yeah, matter. Just, just whatever. Well, they've got another one, though, haven't they? It's uh, New Mutants. Is that mm. tied in with it, or is that just totally separate? I'm not sure. Who knows? Yeah. Somebody, somebody let us know on Twitter. Yeah, but I don't think anybody really knows. No. So, you know, I, I was really... I really went into it with like kind of um, hope and, you know, I love the X-Men, you know, um, and, and I came out feeling, uh, you know, that just something went a bit wrong. Yeah. You know, I'm not going to bash it. It's got some great, you know, actors and, and in it, but um, yeah, something went wrong there and uh, it'll be interesting to see, um, what Marvel do with the franchise now they've got it back. Um, the only thing is that, you know, if if we've got a new Wolverine, I'm, I'm never going to see anybody other than Hugh Jackman as Wolverine. I'm never going to see anybody other than Patrick Stewart as um, Professor X. So in my mind, it's it's going to be... Um, it's difficult. It, it's going it? to be J.J. Um, Abrams' Star Trek all over again. Do you not think, though, has there ever been a Doctor Who where you're like, do you know what? Whoever comes next, yes, you know, it's not going to be. And yet you've been kind of proved wrong. Where well, you go, when, do you know when, what? I'm kind of all right with this new person. When Matt Smith turned up, I said, "Who is this young actor <laughs> they've got to play Doctor <laughs> Who? He is going to be terrible." Have you seen the guy? And uh, he's now he's my favourite Doctor. So, what do I know? I think it's like that with every Doctor. Is it? I think probably Jodie Whittaker's probably the exception. I think because mm-hmm. it was like you know we got Christopher Eccleston after many many years and people. Like, and Eccleston cool. was fantastic. He was great, and then he disappears. And it's like David Tennant pops up. You're like, oh, really? He ain't no Christopher Eccleston. And everybody fell in love with Tennant. Mm-hmm. They go, well, oh, he's all right. Oh, who's this other guy? Oh, Matt Smith. Never heard of him. Oh, he's, <laughs> he's going to be absolutely. Actually, he's quite good. Mm-hmm. And then uh, Capaldi showed up, and that's when I kind of bailed out. I'm like, Do you know what? No, but, I'm not. But in not you know, in in defence of Peter, um, that first um, season that that he played the Doctor, the writing was absolutely terrible. It was not Peter's Peter Capaldi's fault at all. It was the writing, and when he it got to season two, things picked up. Yes, you know. See, if, I only saw the first. I think the first episode. I think. Mm-hmm. So um, you know, I don't blame him at all for for what happened. It it was the writing, um, and actually, 
he's a fantastic actor as can be seen in 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 many many movies um and uh and yeah and i'm enjoying jodie whittaker as well yes was there uh there was an episode i'm so far out of the loop on doctor who it's nuts are you not up with no. uh with the times can i give a spoiler no. yeah yeah of course you can right um for for anybody who hasn't watched uh kind of the latest uh doctor who's then turn off now for five minutes yep. but three two one <laughs> oh john barrowman i love the guy you know i was i was i was genuinely shocked and in disbelief when torchwood was cancelled um you know it it was it was a terrible moment because i loved torchwood i loved captain the character of captain jack john yeah. barrowman and um to say that a couple of episodes they brought him back um it it was a dream come true um it's 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 a great time for people who look you know geeks at the moment you know picard um you know captain jack's back in um in doctor who mm-hmm. we're living in good times you want to uh, get yourself signed up to a free trial of britbox then because they've got 600 and something episodes <laughs> on there now. they've dumped them all on there Ah, so all the Doctor Who episodes, the old ones. Yes, the old ones. Yeah. So we can go back and we can watch the uh, the Scorby episodes with our Probably. friend John Chalice. We can, yep. Ooh, so interesting. They're, they're all on there. So, you know, if it's a 30-day trial, that's great. Just mm-hmm. do it when you're on holiday or whatever and go, right, I'm going to batter these and Doctor Who episodes. <laughs> Just set yourself up three or four different email addresses mm-hmm. and you'll you'll get yourself like a three, four-month trial there, won't you? Uh-huh. Unless it works off ISP numbers, your IP yeah. numbers. That's Very true. Possibly. Get yourself a proxy or whatever, but yeah, they've, they've put all those on there, and it's still battering away through a touch of frost. Uh-huh. Uh, so she's putting the 4K TV to good use by watching things from the mid 90s. So mm-hmm. that's uh, have we got all like all, all the um, the old comedies as well? We've got like the dad's armies, have we got the um, only fools and horses, that kind of yeah, stuff on there? On, they've only just dumped a lot of the older only fools and horses on, so I think they're all on there now. As the licenses end elsewhere, mm-hmm. the contents appear, and so there's like a just added section, and we clicked on it. Oh, let's see what they've just added. It's like that's like an entire Netflix you've just added. Well, I can't even. And we never even got to the end of the just added uh, screen. It was a lot. There was a lot of stuff on there. So it's uh, it's a hefty amount. Interesting. The uh, the Disney Plus is going to be launching um, some days earlier in the UK as well. A week earlier. Yeah. Yeah. Um, still, still far too late, really. In in this kind of worldwide. Um, era that we live in of, of being able to kind of stream from from wherever we want to you know mm-hmm. the the mandalorian has been uh you know well overdue here in the uk so uh you know it, when i heard the news that they were bringing it forward a week i thought well that that's you know a, a few months too late yes it is because it's i mean thankfully now though most of the spoilers have died out mm-hmm. i think we've avoided them I and mean, yes there's a a young Yoda in it who's not actually Yoda. It kind of annoyed mm-hmm. me when they kept referring to it as baby Yoda. The child. It's, like, it's the child. So I'm, I'm a lot happier calling it the child or Boda, as uh, affectionately known as. Mm-hmm. But uh, yeah, other than that, I think we've avoided spoilers. So the second season is out in October, so they've, mm-hmm. they've greenlit one of those. So that'll be out. But I don't know if I'm going to sign up for Disney+. Plus. I know a lot of people in America are watching it. and they're saying, they, They've yeah. done fantastically. I saw the numbers and mm. I can't recall them earlier. But, you know, in the, in, in the space of a few weeks, millions and millions of subscribers, they've done really well. Um, 
And the only thing is, I I will refuse to sign up here. That for one, I've got too many subscriptions to stream, streaming services anyway. Yeah. But for two, I have been really disappointed when I actually paid for my subscription to Disney Life. Yes, because um, you were after fact, the. I was after called? Descendants three. That's the one. Yeah, um, I keep thinking of the George Clooney film because there is a George Clooney film called The Descendants, and that's how I remember the name. And you know the fact that I couldn't even get Descendants three on there. Yet, um, it wasn't on Amazon. It wasn't on Netflix. The only place I could I could get it in the end in the UK, I ended up paying for it on um, YouTube streaming um, service. Yes. So why, to me, when I've got a Disney subscription, do I need to go and pay YouTube money to watch a Disney film? That was kind of one of the nails in the coffin for me for the Disney. And I know Disney um, Disney Plus is going to be different, but. You know, I, you had your chance with uh, Disney Life, and uh, for me, you messed it up, Disney. Sorry. How much? How much were you paying for Disney Life? Um, oh, good point. I have no idea. I didn't care as long. Wow, if, if you that, got too much money if you don't know how much. I'm, I'm fully yeah. aware of how much my subscriptions cost. <laughs> it's it, like it, I've slept since then. Let's see if yeah. uh, let's see if uh, the beautiful, um, wonderful internet can thing, tell us. Yes, called the internet can tell me. <laughs> Um, what a dis- what I paid um, to be disappointed by Disney, but it's uh, like I know a lot of Americans at the minute have they've been battering through Disney Plus, and they've now the Mandalorian's now finished, and they are kind of like lost. They go, well, you know, the Loki series isn't on there yet, the mm-hmm. Winter Soldier series isn't on there yet. I've got to wait till October for the second season of Mandalorian. Yes, I could watch a lot of the old stuff, but there's a lot of other stuff I've got to watch. So a lot of them are thinking of going, Do you know what, I'm out, and then I'll yeah. come back in October, which is my level of thinking on uh, something like Picard. Yeah. Because I had Amazon Prime, then I didn't, then I do. It's one of those that I will just cancel and renew and stuff like that. You think, well, I could either pay seven ninety nine, you know, now and then watch it over eight weeks, or I can store them up and then watch them. But then I thought, you know what, over eight weeks, it's still only 15 quid. Mm-hmm. Which isn't bad for an eight-episode season. That's kind of worth it, isn't it? Before I signed up to Netflix, whatever it was that that convinced me to sign up, and um, what was it? It was probably Star Trek Discovery. Um, I I was torn whether to wait for season one to be completely added to Netflix and sign up for a free trial Mm -hmm. and just binge watch, and that was it. Saves me some money. Yeah. but in the end, you know, we got the use out of it, so we 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 stuck with it. Um, and obviously, I didn't want to wait, so I, I signed up for for episode one. Um, but I can see that happening as more and more streaming services appear. Yeah. If you're only wanting one one show from it, then you you'll have a bit of patience. You'll wait for that first season to end or whatever, and you'll sign up for a free um, free trial. After the trial, if you want season two, again you'll wait for it and you'll pay for a month. Well, I saw a guy who, and this was probably about six months ago, and he had uh, the year broken down into 12, obviously one per month. Mm -hmm. And he had, for example, right, January, Netflix, Amazon. Mm -hmm. Uh, February, Hulu, HBO. March, Netflix, Hulu. And he he didn't have the same two streaming platforms any two months in a row. And you think, that is a genius way to save an absolute fortune. Yeah. Because you can go, right, well, there's full season of Mandalorians on Disney Plus in October. or So I'll, I'll buy it in November. And in November, I'm going to watch all the Mandalorian over a week. Bang. Done. And mm-hmm. it's such a smart way of doing it. And I think yeah. you'll probably see a lot more people in the UK doing that, I think. I mean, I have Shudder. 
I haven't watched anything on Shudder for ages because mm-hmm. I haven't got the time. I'm yeah. really struggling to. I'm, I mean, Orange is the New Black, the final season, that's well over a year old. I've only just got around to watching it. So I'm now finished with that show so I can go away. Walking Dead, I've been hammering over the past few months. Now up to date with that so that can go away. I've got uh, five seasons of Gotham to watch. It's like, oh my God, I've got too much stuff to watch. And I don't want to be stuck in front of the TV screen watching it all the time. So it's, mm-hmm. uh, it does it puts a bit of pressure on you. It does. To try and get, especially when you do a podcast, I think. It's, uh, at times, um, you yearn for the days of um, four or five TV channels. No, just even four or five shows. Mm-hmm. So it's I don't know. I, I need to really look at the scheduling on how I'm watching stuff. But there is just too damn much to to watch, and it's I mean it's a first world problem, isn't it? But, yeah. You know. Um. Another problem in the world, just to uh, just to bring it up, bushfires yeah. in in uh, Australia. Somebody at work the other day went, oh, is that all sorted now then? No, like, no not at all. It's, still, it's just the news seems to have died down. The news is now like, oh, we don't talk about bushfires anymore. We no. talk about uh, coronavirus or mm-hmm. Donald Trump's impeachment that he's now overturned and been all forgiven. Yeah. But the, I did a Google search because, you know, the job I work in, we do ship a lot of stuff to Australia. Mm-hmm. So you'll get customers, my, my parcel not here, and you'll have a look and you'll go, well, it's because you're in an area that's affected by the bushfires and stuff like that. So... Um, so I sort of did a search, and it's like, damn, it's still raging over there. It I is. I don't know if it's less than it was, we have, or whether it's exactly the same, but it's still pretty horrific. Well, I have family over there um, who live over there um, on both sides of my family. Um, we've also got friends who've, who who um, we knew um, who've moved um, there um, recently in the in the last um, few months. And yeah, it's still very bad. We're we're connected on Facebook, obviously, to these people, and you, and you can see it. You know that um, one of our friends who who moved back there a, um, a couple of months ago, she was posting pictures on Facebook saying, "This is this is where we live at night," and all you could see is this glow of fire getting closer and closer to their house. Yep. Um, so yeah, it's a, it's still a, a a real problem, and as we should all be geeks listening to this podcast. Um, what geek would be um, complete without a Funko Pop? Yeah, I've got. Uh, I mean, have you got now? I mean, I, I oh, got you. I think I got you a couple for Christmas. I don't know. I'm sitting um, next to mounds of them at the moment. I've got. Have what? you got mounds? I've got about 10, 15, There's a good fifteen to twenty of them next to me wow. now. Um, it seems to be the go-to present for me for for birthdays now and, yep. <laughs> and, and everything. So I didn't have many until Christmas and my the, the birthday that's just gone. But I, I seem to have bumped up the collection. So nice. you need um, to uh, put them all together, take a picture, and that way I can see which ones you've got, and I'll do the good. same for you. But well, let me tell you just uh, on a side note before we get back to the bushfires. Then yep. um, there is now an official Funko app. Okay, so you get it on your phone. I've got it on mine, and um, it allows you to do thing cool things like scan the barcode of a Funko. Okay, and yeah. when you scan the barcode, it'll then come up with the um, the average current um, value of that Funko. So you can be in a shop and think, "Ooh, that's got one of these special convention exclusive stickers on a window." You know, what's that? That's worth the Apple tell you. So you can you can literally. I was in Smith's Toys the other day. There was a Funko for reduced to thirteen ninety nine. It was one of the oversized ones. Oh yeah, I don't like those. They don't look as I know they don't look d- as good. No, but I scanned the barcode and 
it was thirteen ninety nine on the shelf. The app told me that the average selling price at the moment for that was twenty nine pounds. So I thought, wow. you know what? I'm adding it to my collection, and it's like I'm over it. <laughs> yeah. So it's it's great for Funko, you know it. Um, you know it, it can help them sell Funkos. Um, yeah. But it's not inflated because I literally. Um, when I was in Smith's Toys, took a picture of the, their whole Funko collection and then spent a couple of hours that night looking up all these Funko Pops on the app oh, and yeah. um, deciding if I wanted any more, and I didn't. So no. it didn't, you know, not everyone was, you know, huge amounts. You know, a lot of them were, were less the average selling price than what um, Smith's Toys was selling them for. So um, so it's, a, it's a definitely worth um, downloading the app. And it's there, like a My Collection section, so you can add the ones you've got to your collection so you can see, you know, what, what you have. They're a weird thing, though, aren't they? Because you don't do anything with them. No, <laughs> you some just people go, do. Some people take them out of the box. Do they? I've not opened any of mine. No. I just put them on a shelf and I just look at them. That's why I won't pay silly amounts for them. But I do you know, have a friend... Um, who um, used to always come in and help out at Sci-Fi Wales. Um, you will have met him, um, and he collects these things. He's got hundreds and hundreds of them. Um, and what he does is he travels around to Comic-Cons getting them signed. Yeah, that's a good I was always looking for uh, a Weeping Angel one. Mm-hmm. When I was hanging around with Sarah Madison and stuff like that. Yeah. Does he want to I'm going to get one. But I've never seen, and some of the Game of Thrones ones, I'm looking for a little pip to to uh, give to Joe or something like that. It's like I've never seen one that I would have been able to get signed at a convention. I saw I'm sure my, at some point. I saw my might. first one tonight. Um, if you remember um, Paul Warren coming to Sci-Fi yes. Wales, he played Varnick in Star Wars. Yeah. Um, I was at um, B&M earlier, and they had Varmic as a Funko Pop. And I was like, if only I'd had that a few years ago. Yes, I would have totally had that signed. Could have got, it. Could have got um, it signed. But anyway, I, I digress. Going back to the bushfires. Um, yep. We all like Funko Pops. Um, what you want to do is get yourself over to a website, an Australian company called Pop Culture. It's P-O-P-C-U-L-T-C-H-A.com.au. Okay. Now this yep. um, it's one of the the biggest kind of Funko sellers in Australia, um, and they because they're so big they get exclusives that are just for them. So obviously on the, the little sticker on the front is a, a little um, one of their logo, and um, they've they've teamed up with Funko and they're doing um, a Funko where the proceeds go towards helping um, the RSPCA um, look after all the animals that are getting you know, seriously hurt by the bushfires. Yeah. Um, so the, the actual pop itself is um, called Bushfire Heroes, and it's a firefighter um, with a koala um, kind of wrapping its arms around the firefighter's leg. Um, it's limited edition, only available at pop culture. Um, and when you... They've got a little thing on the website where you can actually... Um, convert everything on their website into into um uk pounds um and it works out it's about 10 pounds for the pop and mm-hmm. the shipping um to the uk works out about seven pound fifty it's about okay. 17 pound fifty but your money's going to go to um, a great cause helping the animals you know affected by the bushfires um so i recommend everybody goes over and buys one yep you gotta get one I am indeed. I'm I'm going to order one tonight, but being me, I can't just order one. I'm going to order a couple. 
<laughs> story bump. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Nice. Because it is a bit... I don't know. I think somebody bought me the first Funko Pop, and it's like a Secret Santa thing at Christmas. Mm-hmm. And I'd mentioned The Walking Dead or something like that. So it was, it was when I was watching it and then falling out with it and stuff. And she got me a Negan one. So like, that's kind of cool. So that was my first ever Funko Pop. And then now when Annette and I ever go to Manchester or whatever, there's about three or four shops that sell them all. So I always go in once a month, pick up a Funko Pop, yeah. and then come back and get them. So it's like... I don't want to get to the point where I'm going out spending like stupid amounts and coming back with carrier bag fulls of them because mm-hmm. you're never going to collect them all. It yeah. would cost you a stupid amount of money. So it's like, right, one one a week. And I also have a price limit on it because some of them you look at and you're like, that's nice, but I'm not being funny, but I'm not paying that. It's yeah. different if it's for uh, for a good cause like the RSPCA Australia thing. But generally it's like I'm not paying 30 quid to have something sitting on a shelf that I just look at when I walk past it. Nope. Yeah, I've got I've got the website up in front of me anyway, and it says um, all profits from the sale of the 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 exclusive pop culture um, pop will be yep. donated to the RSPCA National Bus Bushfire Appeal, um, and then talks about how they're working alongside the government and emergency agencies to to offer kind of much needed support, equipment, and supplies and care to to these kind of poor animals that are, that are being hurt, and obviously, you know, many thousands who are being killed so um, it is really a, a great cause and to think that all the profits it's not just like a, a you know five percent ten percent all the profits from the sale go to that it's definitely worth adding to your collection and it's a, it's a good looking pop as well you know um this australian uh, firefighter with the little koala cl- clutching uh, around its leg so get over to popculture.com.au can you tweet that link out and copy me on it? That way I can indeed. And then I'll retweet it as well. But uh, And hopefully that phone call will be a limited edition. And by that I mean hopefully it'll sort all the fires out soon. Yeah. So Fingers crossed, but it's grim. It reminds me of the Woolsey fires and stuff. Cause I spoke to Neil and Tracy and stuff about that. And then, you know, it happens in Australia. So. I know. It's, uh, it, it's terrible. And I think this is where we need to kind of, as, as the world, show off our you know, solidarity, solidarity and how we can kind of come together yep. and, you know, help others. So, you know, by adding something to your collection that you, that you collect anyway, you're, you're helping others. So let's do it. And here we were, here I was complaining and my biggest problem was I've got too much TV to watch. Yeah. <laughs> it kind of puts everything in perspective. It does. It does. So what have you got planned for your forthcoming week? Anything Ooh. exciting? Because it's uh, your day off tomorrow, isn't it? It is. Um, I have, uh, you know, boring things planned, more work, even though it's it's not day job work. Uh, um, I don't know. Um, I, I really need to get back to um, watching The Purge. You know, I yes. think we've watched um, maybe three or four episodes of the new um, series now. So, um, yeah, uh, I need to get back and, and watch some uh, some stuff on tv so uh again if anybody has any recommendations please tweet them over to us um mm-hmm. again Stuart, if you've got any recommenda- recommendations for me as well let me know and uh Shall. i need to uh, the purge sits on my list of things to watch the, the shows that i'm tr- i've got lined up to watch so the walking dead i'm thankfully i'm up to date on that that's back i think the end of the month so i will then start watching that weekly or i might just binge it and watch the, the last however many episodes mm-hmm. all in a big lump uh the purge season two which i've got to watch i've not seen any of those yet and there's uh, an hbo show called euphoria 
mm-hmm. which has finished its first run. I've got that to watch. But I also want to start watching something called Boardwalk Empire. Oh, which is, uh, it's a, a good season. show. Yeah, I saw some of that when it first aired, and I'm like, oh, this is quite interesting. And then ran out of time and didn't manage to watch it. So I've got, I think it's four or five seasons of that. So I'm going to yeah, hammer through that at some point. Originally came out, I think we watched the first couple of seasons on that, and we, we fell in love with the show. It was a really good show. Mm. And then um, after what happened was... Um, we we ended up moving away from Sky. We went with BT and yes. uh, um, didn't have it to watch at the time uh, for whatever reason, um, and so we ended up losing out on it. So um, so yeah, that's something that we've got to pick up as well. Yes. How many seasons of that then did you watch? Two. Wow. And um, yeah, we really enjoyed it. Um, yeah, you, you really get into it, and it's a, a really kind of uh, gritty show that you can get your teeth into. Definitely. So that's that's one of my shows. Anyway, I've just I don't know. I'm trying to get through a lot of these shows. That it's, it's at hand. Yes. <laughs> things still keep coming out. It's like just just stop, just stop for six months. Stop making things. Yeah. And just let me catch up for God's sake. But no, they don't. No, nope, not happening. Well, yeah. Go figure. Yeah. Exactly. So, um, yeah, other than that, I think for the, I'm back at work on Saturday night. I'm working Saturday night, Sunday night, finish on Monday. And then I am meeting up with Neil Johnson probably on Valentine's Day, weirdly enough. So I'm going to be spending my Valentine's Day on a tour bus with a lot of heavy metal people. So that's interesting. It's definitely one of the more I'll, interesting uh, Valentine's be, Days of it. I'll be spending my Valentine's Day in Manchester. Ooh, what are you doing? Are you um, out for meals and stuff like that? Yeah, a bit of shopping in the traffic centre and a meal. Mm-hmm. So, uh, so now, uh, do pass on my regards to uh, the the amazing Neil Johnson. I shall. Yes, and I'm looking uh, forward to getting to know all the uh, Rhapsody of Fire members as well. But I'll uh, update you on that when I get back. Sounds good. I'm going to be. I can't wait to look at all the photos and the footage. <laughs> Me neither. I get back from, in theory, get back from London on the 17th, and then I'm back in work for 12 hours that night. So I am going to be dead. So that's that's going to be fun. But you know what? It is going to be fun, so yeah. I don't care. And uh, yeah, I'm glad. Thanks for watching the Mimi trailer as well. Much appreciated. And I'm even happier that you liked it. So. And if anybody hasn't watched it, where can they watch it? They can watch it because I've pinned it to my Twitter. Okay. So if, you, if you go to front page of screen on Twitter, it's pinned to the top. So I was uh, telling a lot of actors and stuff this morning to make sure you've got a showreel pinned and everybody should know this, but it's from page two, the number two. The number two, yes. Yeah. If, Screen. Yeah. If if you don't know that, how the hell did you find this podcast? I know. <laughs> but you never know. It's exactly. possible. People click on things and they don't even know what they're listening to. So, uh, so thank you very much, Rob. Always a pleasure having a catch-up. It's good to have a catch-up and also good that it doubles up as a podcast as well. Exactly. So you enjoy your day off tomorrow. I will. And, uh, I'm going to go find a bit of TV to watch, I think. I don't know what I'm going to watch because I've run out of The Walking Dead episodes. Oh, maybe yeah. Daybreak. Maybe Daybreak. Maybe Fear of the Walking Dead because I've got uh, that. But yes. that might confuse me if I start watching <laughs> two concurrently. So you enjoy. You too. And uh, I will chat to you soon. Thank you very much. Have a lovely yeah, evening. You too. Goodbye. Bye-bye, sir. Bye.
Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.